Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is your host, Jenny Wise, and I'm glad to be back after a brief hiatus as we adjusted to the circumstances and continue to trial remote podcast recording technology. So hopefully this works out. Today, we're joined by my colleague, Forrester Senior Analyst, Faith Adams, who is the resident expert on all things about customer feedback programs. And we're going to talk about a really important question that we often get is especially important right now, which is how can a company stay in tune with its customers? So Faith, hi, thanks for joining. No, thank you. It is my pleasure to be here about this all important topic. Yes, I know. Really important. And I know that you've been right fielding some questions about this right now, especially in light of everything going on. And we know that the relationship with customers is always critical, right? It's always suggested that companies reach out and try to understand their customer through customer feedback programs. But of course, right now, how to approach this can seem really difficult for companies, right? I'd imagine the tone to use, what to ask, is now the right time to ask. And so my first question is, should companies still be collecting customer feedback And if so, is it business as usual or are there changes to be made? That is a great question. And the basic gist is yes, absolutely. You should still be tapping into customer feedback. But at the end of the day, it's crucial now more than ever to adapt your approach. You know, so for example, and I'll just point to the customer feedback management wave that we had published a few months back. You know, there's a wealth of feedback sources that companies can be tapping into. It can be SMS or text, email surveys. Some companies still do paper, which I'll be a few, but it's still a way. Some are do phone surveys, you know, website, in-app, contact forms, on-location kiosks, for example, social media, there's ratings and reviews. You've got call center notes, employee feedback about the customer experience, and the list goes on. So, you know, organizations have a wealth of feedback that, you know, in many cases, unfortunately, just really is not always a focal point, so to speak, of a VOC program. So I think now is the time to assess your feedback sources, look to things that maybe you haven't yet incorporated or didn't rely on as much, like those contact center calls, even social for other signals, so to speak, about, you know, what's really important to the customer. And I know, you know, I'll just use an example here. You know, it is time to hit pause on some surveys. And the reason I say that is I just think about one terrible example that I had received, and I'm not going to shame the company, but I've been a customer for many, many years, dating back to my college years, so the late 90s, we'll just say that. And I actually got a relationship survey from them asking me what I deem to be some of the most horrifying questions coming from somebody that I've done business with as long as I did. They addressed me by name. They addressed me to my email that is tied to my account. They asked me my gender. They asked me my zip code. They asked me how long I had been a customer. And then some other questions did point to the fact that they did know some things about me. But they were asking a bunch of questions that they shouldn't have been asking. And so it was this long, awful, cumbersome process. And giving the timing of it, I wouldn't have done it if this wasn't my job. I thought it was in poor taste. There was no open text. At the end, I thought that I would get to like the loaded question at the end where I could just let them have it about this not being the right approach or the right time. And there wasn't even one. So I 
I definitely think it's it's time to take a step back, think about your customers, how they're going to perceive things and adjust as needed, which, you know, might candidly require a test and learn approach. So for example, you know, this was a B2B firm that I really enjoyed some of the conversations I've had because they were trying to be strategic about, you know, how they collected feedback. And the first thing they decided to do was they knew that their net promoter score was going to go into disarray. So they removed that question and essentially focused on the relationship that they have with their customers, trying to be helpful, trying to be a partner, trying to be a resource. And the feedback that they've been seeing is a lot of of thanks and appreciation for the partnership. So, I mean, those are two different extremes there. But at the end of the day, it really requires taking that step back, assessing, you know, what is and isn't working where it makes sense to do things and candidly to use this as an opportunity to innovate and move to capturing more of those sources that will give you more oomph without having to interrogate your customers. And I think you just mentioned, you know, quite a few really important takeaways. So first is it is not just surveys, right? There's a wealth of other data sources that you can and should be tapping right now and always, but especially right now, if it doesn't feel like the right time to survey. Yeah. But then if you are going to survey, There are best practices, period, that should be implemented, right? So don't take a customer who you've had forever and know everything about and only sort of personalize some of the questions to them, right? Or make them input all of this information that you should already know that isn't even that important and waste their time. But then what I think was especially interesting is that right now, since it isn't, you know, business as usual and metrics are going to change and things are going to be different companies should question, right? What is it that they're going to ask and what is it that they need to know to understand what their customers need from the relationship and how they can improve it, right? Given the fact that things are different, right? So that was a great example from that B2B firm. Yeah, no, I think that was, uh, you know, it was just, they took a step back immediately and put themselves in their customer's shoes. You know, and I think a lot of times as CX practitioners, that's what people try to do, but sometimes they get pushback, maybe from their leaders or from other people in the organization that want to go about things as normal, you know, just to make sure that they're still able to do their job. And I think just taking that step back, thinking about, you know, where are other sources of feedback that we can really tap into too, to maybe help complete the story for these stakeholders Mm -hmm. that maybe want to go about business as usual. So I think it's just really, it's really about, again, just taking that step back, putting the customer at the center, thinking about those other methods and not being afraid to pivot and change. You know, I think that that was one of the big things that I've seen in the last few weeks with everything is that, you know, companies, some of them did resist. They're like, well, you know, we're just going to kind of go about things because we don't necessarily have the support to make some of the changes that we want to. And suddenly they're now scrapping, realizing that maybe some things were in poor taste and that because of the nature of their program, maybe being more compliance focused or, you know, risk focused, they kind of hurt the relationship that they had with the customer by asking some of the things that they normally did, especially when they should have known better that the the scores were going to change, the sentiment was going to change. And I think even like, I just think about the power of text analytics, the ability to tap into, you know, what your customers are saying in a very unstructured way and tap into the power of that emotion and maybe some of the angst that they're having and how can you then take that information and then maybe inform your communication strategy and then make your customer feel more at ease with everything that's going on. It doesn't necessarily have to be done, you know, through a formal feedback mechanism. Companies can use this as an opportunity to become more proactive rather than reactive in terms of how they communicate. I think that's a huge missed opportunity right now. And, you know, the contact center is huge. 
so much so that um, I'm working on a report right now that, you know, your contact center is this treasure trove of information, but it's not just your contact center data from the calls themselves, the chats. It's also your agents. These people are at the front lines engaging with your customers on a daily basis. You know, they're hearing firsthand about their concerns and their worries. How can you harness that as a part of this effort as well, while also showing those contact center agents, those frontline associates, how much they really mean to the business? So I think there's even some cultural implications and employee experience implications here as well. Yeah, and one of the things you're touching on that I think is really interesting is how this can be a time to innovate, right? I know that when I do my research and speak with companies about emerging technologies, one of the methods that we suggest that they use is to remove something that you currently have access to and understand how you would do things differently, right? And that can get you to think of new ideas or new ways of working. And so in this case, you can imagine, well, let's say that we can't use net promoter score anymore, right? Because the baseline just is no longer the same, or we can't survey anymore because this just really isn't the right time to be asking these questions that we used to. So what do we have access to or what should we be doing differently? And then that's something that they can continue to do going forward. Absolutely. And I think it's even a better relationship. You know, some of our research points to the lack of collaboration being one of the big reasons that programs are not successful. Sadly, that number having gotten worse over the past two years, I think it went from what, 36 to 45%. Using this as an opportunity to collaborate more cross-functionally, right? get to that bigger picture, become an intelligent enterprise across a variety of different VOC silos, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's And I think it's a huge opportunity to even take a step back and think about how can we actually prove the value of some of the investments that we've made, but maybe by pivoting to a different use case. I had a really interesting conversation with a company yesterday that I I love what they were doing. It was on the vendor side. They were sharing the story about one of their clients and they're trying to pivot the use of image and video to more of like an internal use case rather than, you know, feedback collection from customers for the traditional CX or market research use case. And this is a great opportunity for them to then, you know, understand what's happening in those direct conversations that their sales team is having with clients during this trying time. You know, what can they uncover from those discussions that maybe wasn't documented in their CRM? So just simply giving their employees the ability to, you know, capture a quick video about what happened during the interaction with their customer, albeit remote. It was a huge opportunity for them to, you know, gather a lot of other insights without even thinking about survey, but using another tool that they had. So I think there's a way to get creative and even think about how can we use what we have in a different way? And what are other technologies or tools that we as an enterprise are using that we haven't yet tapped into? And so I think there's just a a huge opportunity there. I'm love that you brought that up. Yeah. And that was a great focus too on the employee, right? So they are hearing and experiencing and seeing and learning a lot right now, right? From their direct interactions with customers, from seeing what's happening with the business. And so that is always a huge resource to tap, to talk directly to them and see what they're learning, but especially now because they are such a critical touch point. And so I think that And I think, as you call it, right, the voice of the employee here applied to this sort of customer and relationship understanding is something that companies could really take advantage of right now and find a way to sort of operationalize the gathering of that feedback so that they can begin to to act on it. Yep, absolutely. One of the things that we've seen as far as VOC programs go is that with um, a lot of the focus on EX that a lot of companies have had, I'd say over the past, what, 12 to 16 months, especially. 
Some companies have, I, I would say, lost a little bit of sight of that voice of the employee, specifically as it relates to the customer experience, which, you know, I think anybody needs to go look at my little graphic. It's a part of an advanced VOC program. Now, it used to be a part of state of the art. But employees being that huge source about, you know, CX issues, especially new emerging issues that might not be, you know, evident yet in a lot of the, the data and the insights that are being collected. So, for example, around process or policy or even technologies and tools that are being used. You know, I think uh, Harley actually had a great report with Sam, the researcher, that talks about how companies improve their CX index scores. And what I loved about it is so much of it was tied back to policy and process of employees and especially those at the front lines. So I think this is just a, a huge way to focus on that VOCE or a voice of customer through the employee too. You know, best in class companies, I, I think, are doing this. It's become a part of their regular almost customer feedback collection was layering in that additional layer of context and detail that allows, you know, the, the CX team and the enterprise to really double click into what's driving the pain. So it's not just that incomplete feedback from a customer saying that Sally didn't give her a credit. It's Sally being able to say too, she was unable to, it had to be escalated to, you know, a manager. And that's why the customer is extremely upset because now it's sitting in limbo while it's waiting for an approval. You know, sometimes those things get in the way and companies can tackle those types of initiatives by marrying both this VOC and this, you know, VOE. Right. Just to get that full picture. One thing I'd be curious to get your feedback on, because I recently had an experience with a retailer where they sent out a survey, but instead of being, you know, a typical survey of ranking the experience and how things were going, they were reaching out to see sort of how things were going at this time. And what my perception was of their products and services. And so, for example, some of the things they asked were, they said, you know, are you considering canceling the subscription-based service? If so, is there anything that could help us get you to stay, right? Whether it's a reduction in cost or sort of additional items. And then they also asked questions as well that I thought was really interesting, which was if you're considering going, right, or pausing the subscription, why is that? And they provided a list of options where I explained sort of the context and motivation that I have for signing up for the subscription. And I thought that was really interesting, partly because I'm in this field, but also because they didn't know that about me previously. And by understanding why I use this and what my motivation is, they were gathering a lot more information about me as a customer that they could then use to personalize services in the future or to help augment their business strategy as well right, around products and services. So I felt that that was a really good use of a survey yep. to learn more about me, my motivation behind the relationship that they could then use to improve products and services. What is your take on that? My gut tells me, and I would be interested if we can do some digging on this one, yeah. that that, that was um, a product of a market research team that possibly works closely with the CX team. Mm-hmm. Find it like it or a customer understanding team. I would definitely think that they view this as an opportunity. And I don't think it, to me, what based on what you said, it doesn't come across as self serving. Right. I think it's a great way for them to better get in touch with their customers and understand a lot more to better be able to shape their strategy in this time that really we don't know what we don't know. Now, it would mm -hmm. have been different if they would have gone down the path of more of a, a traditional, you know, transactional survey post maybe pausing your membership, asking you a bunch of questions that, you know, were really poorly timed or very self-serving. 
But I think that it shows that they want to understand you. It shows that they're possibly looking at ways to reshape things, given the nature of what's happening. And I think that it seems like it was in good faith, no pun intended. Whereas, you know, I've seen some other, you know, and I I won't shame this organization either, but they COVIDized all their surveys. They asked a bunch of questions. And then my gut reaction to it was, are they actually going to close the loop based on how people respond here? So even if they get a wealth of negative feedback because they're a business that is still open and operating, like, what are they going to do with this data? Instead, it just seemed like every question was during this trying time, how do you feel about us during this trying time? And it just seemed very like, I'm like, how are they using this information? It sounded more like it was like a marketing ploy to like show that they care about this trying time when I think the better move would have been to pivot backwards. But I like what they did. I'm curious. I can't wait to know who it is and to do a little bit of digging. Because I think that that's also an opportunity that many CX teams don't always do a good job of taking advantage of. Um, I know Kelly Price and I talked about this a while ago and and the need to to do something here. You know, VOC and customer research and understanding are very different. But I think when you marry the two things together and have, you know, maybe a CX team and that team that's dedicated to more of those research initiatives, you can truly develop this relationship and these outputs, so to speak, of insights and information for your other stakeholders that can make you more unstoppable. It's not just about the VOC. It's about these other things that I think are particularly important right now as well. Right. And you also mentioned something really important too, which was the tone of the message, right? (laughs) It didn't come across as self-serving. It very much so came across as you know, we realize that we may not seem relevant or valuable to you right now, and that's okay. But we just want to understand what does make us valuable to you so that we can understand how to better deliver that in the future, right? So I think you're right that the tone has to be very carefully done, right? So it is not self-serving. It seems like they really want to understand the customer and that they do plan to take action on this information too. Exactly. It's, you know, like I always joke around about the closed loop process. Don't ask people for feedback yes. and give them the opportunity to let you have it, so to speak, or give you praise even because, you know, best in class companies, especially when it comes to the net promoter system, you know, they still close the loop with promoters too, showing them that their voice mattered. But so many companies don't even have a closed loop process for even their most angry of customers. The information falls into the black hole somewhere and customers don't feel valued. Right. I will not shame another brand. I'm just full of shame today. <laughs> so many good examples of shame. Yeah. <laughs> we purchased, and you know, if anybody wants to know, I'm happy to have a conversation outside of this. But when we purchased our appliances for our condominium, many people who have had conversations with me know who this is. Everything that went wrong could have. It was a perfect example of a partner ecosystem that was not functioning properly, but I received over four surveys in one day from two different customer feedback management vendors. I let them have it in both of them. And do you think at this point, it has been since September 24th-ish of 2019, anybody has reached out to me despite the fact I also wrote a four-page letter to their executive team? Oh, and then not to mention my many A calls to their contact center, letting them have it as well. So it was the fact that they were collecting all this information and then doing nothing with it. It made me feel not appreciated, not respected, not valued, and really not confident in them as a brand. So I will never shop there again. So it's, you know, if you're not, if you're going to collect feedback, if you're going to have an open text, if you're still going to try to go about business as somewhat unusual, make some changes, rest assured that you have to have the right process in place behind it. In order to to show your customers that, you know, you're doing this with the best of intentions as well. Right. 
Well, Faith, thank you so much for joining. And I know we covered a lot of ground, right? From yes, you should continue to try to stay in tune with your customer, that there are a wealth of different resources that you can turn to at this time to do that. And that now can be used as a time to help rethink, right? Some of the processes that you have in place, the sources that you're turning to, and also, as you just alluded to at the end there, that sort of underlying technology and process that you need to have in place as well, that going forward can help set you up for even more success in your customer feedback program. And then also, as you just said too, making sure you have the right intention behind it and that that is communicated and that circle is closed if they do provide you feedback is also critical. So thanks so much, Faith. Thank you, Jenny. It was my pleasure. Great. And listeners, if you want to learn more about this topic, we've included a link to Faith's recent blog post titled Evaluate and Adjust Your VOC Program to Improve CX During COVID-19 as well as a link to some of her Forrester Research reports in the podcast notes. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next week and take care. 